2: Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, episode 2871. Good morning, horse people. It's Monday.
1: Monday is my favorite
2: time of year. This is Horses
0: in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people
3: are so jealous of me. But I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look
0: especially radiant today, Your Grace.
1: I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me.
2: Happy Monday. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me. Glenn is moving into his new house, so he decided that was more important than us. So thanks for (laughs) being here. Well, thank you for
1: having me again, and I'm so excited for Glenn and Jennifer for their new place.
2: I know, right? We decided that he was finally a big boy and owns his own house. Yeah. Now, did you get involved with the Super Bowl last night?
1: (laughs) The Super Bowl? No, I don't watch football, and I don't like pandering to the woke mob. (laughs) Well, so I didn't do the, I didn't do the football
2: or the commercials. (laughs) Okay. Well, good to know. So I'll just talk to myself. Um, so (laughs) I I went to a party last night, Wendy. So my brother-in-law had a big party and they do all the gambling and we bet and everything. I didn't win anything. It was really fun except for the fact that everybody talks like during the commercials and it's quiet when the game is on. And I'm like, hello, (laughs) I want to see the commercials. I don't care about the game, but whatever. So here's the problem. We're dry. At one point, it's kind of close to the end. and Chad's like, oh, let's go home. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So we, we get Lucas and we get in the car. And Lucas is like, pull over, pull over. And he gets out of the car and we you know stop and pull over and he starts puking like his guts out. Oh
1: no. So
2: can that it happens, happens with
1: with football food sometimes.
2: Oh, well, yeah, so then we get home and Chad runs out we par- put the car in park and Chad runs out and starts puking his guts out. <gasps> oh no. And this continued all night. What's so it, the cheese dip? Well, you know, all I can think of is I'm a vegetarian and they're not. And so oh, they yeah. ate some sort of bad meat something. Um, and I'm like I've all night like hearing that my boys, my boys are in bed right now. <laughs> Both of them did not get much sleep, are not feeling very well, and uh, that was my Super Bowl experience. Chad was supposed to work today; he had to call in sick. Like, it was really oh bad. I am, however, excited to go back and watch the commercials because some of them seemed like I could see the people on, like super celebrities on it. Thought that it looked yeah. really fun; they looked hilarious, but I couldn't hear any of them. But I did hear the halftime show, which was pretty awesome it was pretty awesome it was dr Dre and snoop Dogg and eminem and mary j blige it was so cool so it was really fun to see that and uh there you go so there's your super bowl wrap up to be completely honest wendy i I, wait ask me who won who won (gasps) i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well you left know. early so you don't know <laughs> well yeah i mean it it had pretty much wrapped up with the end and i still couldn't tell you i know it was the the bengals and another team and i, I i'm it's an embarrassing um, lack of football knowledge that i have so i'm kind of well, with you girls horse we don't have to know anything about football exactly who cares, who cares?
1: <laughs> but if your team won congratulations that's amazing yeah. Oh um, but well, listen to this football players don't know who won the like World Cup show jumping. Right. They can't even true. name any like horse people and that's our world. We're horse people. They don't know who won Land Rover last year. They so, don't know. So so I don't feel guilty about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good thought. Hey, let's do our <laughs> daily winnies. Well, I got to do birthdays because Glenn is gone and our auditors get their birthdays read out. So we've got Lisa Dowell and Stephanie Eileen. Happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday. You know, I'm going to have to go back to the January 9th show because I have to see if you read out my birthday. I can't believe you haven't listened Thank you very much.
2: No. Well, I don't um, listen every single day. It's okay. <laughs> Guess what? Go ahead. Listen back. See what happened. Test us. Test <laughs> us. Like like Glenn would forget your birthday. he would be in big <laughs> trouble.
1: I bet he would. I don't tell him about it until after it's over.
2: He sees everything on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, my Daily Winnie is from one of our is for one of our frequent guests, Barry Dickinson, who you guys all know is my fabulous carriage driving friend that knows everything about everything. He's like my go-to guy for carriage driving questions. And our our own Barry is not feeling so great. And he's uh Suffering some uh, kidney problems and has to experience dialysis, but he does. Mm. He tells me he does listen to the show when he's getting his dialysis. So my daily Winnie goes out to him, get well soon, Barry. We're all cheering for you. Come on, Barry. You got this. Yeah. So I'm
2: so excited to get our next guest on. Everybody knows her and loves her. Her name is Charlotte Merle-Smith. She is our spotlight writer in a segment called Beyond the Ribbons. And we've got an update on Charlotte and her mare, Gigi. So we're going to get her on the line. Charlotte, how are you, my friend?
3: I'm great, thanks. How are you doing, Jamie? Fantastic. We're, We're great.
2: I mean, I'm not answering for you, Wendy. How are you? No,
3: I'm great. I'm (laughs) great. I'm so happy to hear you,
2: Charlotte. (laughs) When she, when Wendy saw that you were going to be on the show, she was like, "Oh my God! I'm so excited! I love Charlotte!" (laughs) Yay! Us Floridians
3: have to stick together, you know? That's right.
2: Now, Charlotte, you live in Florida year-round too, right?
3: I do. I live in Ocala now.
2: Okay, but you're—I
3: live in Ocala, but I'm in Wellington for the winter season. Yeah.
2: Okay, that was my next question. Was you're a little oh, further south? Oh, that's almost south. like
3: a first world problem. A question of first world <laughs> problem, like
1: because Ocala so far from Wellington. And Wellington's where all the shows are. So she has to. Oh you my know.
3: gosh, I was just looking at the weather this morning. It's it's like below fifty in Ocala, and it's above. Like 65 in Wellington right
1: now. I know. It's too cold. You need to be below the frost line like me. I can't go north of Bradenton, Florida, because <laughs> you, there's my friend said you have to look for coconut palms. If coconut palms can survive, then you know that you're below the frost line. So right now, Charlotte and I are both below the frost line. Well, let me yeah. tell you what. There are no coconut palms here in
2: Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's cool. That's cool. Well, So you're down in Wellington, and what we're doing with Charlotte is we're kind of going to follow her along for her show season, and we got an update for you. So tell us about what
3: happened with you and Gigi. So I just had a show. It was two weekends ago now, one or two, um, and it was fabulous. We're totally working on a new kind of balance now, like making her balance more on the hind end, less on the front end, um, which it should be anyway. But, um, and so lo- I'm learning how to ride that and ride it in the test now. And it was awesome. Um, the show, the second day was cold, cold, cold for Florida and in general, like, so my coach said to, um, not go totally for all of the, like the mediums and stuff, because if I did, I might not have any horse after that. Cause it was so blustery. Um, so I rode conservatively, but in that my score reflected that, and the judge said exactly what I was riding for. And but anyway, it was super good. It, so he was like great. so on point. It was
2: cold and windy, and everybody was scratching.
3: Yeah, yeah. I kept hearing before I was going. They're like, "Oh, looks like so and so is a no show." Oh, looks like so and so is a no show. And then, um, as a pair rider. I'm at the regular shows, I'm always last like last ride of the day because I have to ride in a small arena for my grade, so um they had to change the length of the arena, and so I'm here I am going around the outside, and they're like, and our last rider of the day, <laughs> closing down the show, um, <laughs> so it was cold, and I was alone. <laughs>
2: Oh, but, no, that's true, too, because I've been the last guy to ride dressage, like, at a horse trial, and every other horse leaves, and your horse is going to say, can
3: you yeah.
1: please stay here for just a minute? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just, luckily, just...
3: Go ahead. yeah, Gigi has learned to trust me, and to, you know, although I can't wrap my legs around her, she's learned that I'm not going to put her in a bad situation, and she's like, all right, I'll do it, okay. Oh. <laughs> Oh, my That's horses great. have not learned that. So <laughs> good for
2: you. <laughs> Mine's like, "Oh my God, you're leaving me with her." <laughs> <laughs> I do go. So, how did your scores reflect? You said you had to do two tests.
3: I I did three tests. Three. Um I wrote. I did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, they were uh, shoot, I should have looked up what I, I got above seventy every time.
2: Oh my gosh, um, fantastic.
3: Which was awesome. And, uh, yeah, it was good.
2: That's fantastic. Um, So, yeah, and I I read, I think Glenn sent me a message. that You got your personal best of 75?
3: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the first day (laughs) I did. I did. I got a, a, yeah, Gigi and I together got our personal best. It was awesome.
1: Congratulations.
2: That's amazing. Let me get this straight. All right. So, this is a a show that... also has para riders in it but mainly it's like the able bodied riders and then the para riders go at the end
3: yeah it's at the um the World Equestrian Festival so the big WEF show at Global
2: okay um i'm 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 going somewhere with this all right so the para rider goes last at the end of the day, yet these able-bodied riders weenied out and, like, literally no-showed
1: because it was cold. Oh, my God. That's what? totally Florida. You can cancel for, like, <laughs> yeah. one time I got my uh, eyelashes glued on and it was raining. And I told the organizer that I couldn't get my eyelashes wet because I just had them glued on. And I said, fine. And they even gave them my money back. <laughs> Stop it. That's Are awesome. you serious? yes
2: i'm serious <laughs> oh my god my eyelashes i don't want to ruin um oh my god you people are ridiculous
3: <laughs> well you know i am i am down here showing with a bunch of vermonters so ruth hogan paulson who i'm riding with now is from vermont um she has a farm in vermont and in New florida so you know and i always say that you can take the girl out of vermont but you can't take the vermont out of the girl
2: so, <laughs> so she's like you're gonna ride no matter what so get up buttercup
3: well, no, it was up. It was my choice, but you know, I'm a Vermonter too, deep down. So.
2: <laughs> well, congratulations on getting your personal best. What's coming up next for you and Gigi?
3: Actually, this weekend coming up, like I guess in a week, we have another show at the same place. Oh, okay. great. Um, and we're showing just on Friday and Saturday this time. We're not going to do or We did our freestyle last show, but we're not going to do our freestyle this next show. How many um, people are, are on
2: your team? Like, say, you know, when you go, there's usually like you got somebody who's going to towel off your boots when you get on. But you probably have to have more of a of a support system.
3: Yeah, I do. Um, when I actually go to a show for these shows, I have two people. So Ruth and then her assistant, Emily, who's awesome, um, at a big show at the CPEDIs. Uh, my mom's there also.
2: Awesome. That's so cool. Well, give the, give a, uh, all your team our love and we wish you the best of luck this upcoming weekend. I can't wait to see how it goes. Oh,
1: thank you so much.
2: All right, girl. Talk to you soon.
1: Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Well, our next guest is Sarah Bright Phillips of Bell Tower Stud in England. And she and her husband, Tony, are some of the top Irish draft uh, horse breeders and handlers in the world. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, Wendy. Thank you for your uh, enthusiastic introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are. You're like big time.
0: (laughs) That's kind of you to say. It's a small pond, kind of.
1: (laughs) So... uh, Sarah, tell us a little bit about your farm and what you guys do over there and about your stallions. Um, we
0: currently have, we're standing two stallions this season. Um, we have uh, about nine or 10 horses on the farm. We have all purebred Irish drafts, except for we bred our first uh, British bred sport horse foal this year. The rest are all purebreds. Um, so we we have a small band of mares, a small group of stallions, and we breed a bit ourselves, but we mostly serve outside breeders.
1: Oh, that's great. And um, so uh, the reason why we wanted you on the show today is because uh, Jamie is experiencing some training issues with the crossbred Irish draft. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the Irish draft breed. Um So that she can get a little bit of a sense of everything about it. And we have a lot of auditors that also love the Irish Drafts and the sport horses. So what initially uh, brought you to the breed? Um,
0: Wendy, I think it was you. (laughs) It was you. I met you when I was still in college. And you had Irish Drafts. You had two purebred Irish Drafts, I believe. So that was my first experience with Irish Drafts. (gasps) That was your first um,
1: Irish Draft experience?
0: Well, I think, um, I worked at a hunt club, uh, also when I was in university and I'm sure they had Irish draft horses and Irish draft sport horses in, but it wasn't something that would have been on my radar. So I wouldn't have
1: yeah.
0: really clocked it as such, but no, that was my first experience with Irish drafts. And then, um, I met my husband who had Irish drafts and that's how I got like super into Irish drafts.
1: Yeah. And Tony's been into Irish drafts since he was a little kid, right? I mean, didn't he start has. with, with Maggie?
0: Yeah, he started when he was 11 because he's old and and um, they could start working at a young age when he was a lad <laughs> back in the
1: day <laughs> back in the day. yeah
0: yeah so um yeah he started when he was 11 and he's always done Irish drafts as well um so I feel like he should feel really lucky that I met him before I met his horses otherwise. He would probably have to question why I was with him, but but I didn't. <laughs>
2: so. I was gonna say, did you like? Oh, you're on your Tinder profile, or you're like, um, only Irish draft enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but it would have worked. <laughs> Actually, they met at a, they met at an Irish draft horse show because it was at Upperville. Yeah, we met at Upperville. Yeah. Oh my god. So.
0: And like all of our dates were horse shows. Our like, I think our third date was a regional Irish draft show.
1: Oh my, oh, my God. That's so true. I forgot about it. It was so long
0: yeah, ago. I know. Okay, thanks. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you were just a tiny baby. <laughs> I know. I was
0: a tiny baby. I had no idea what it's getting into. But, I mean, honestly, I think that's kind of the cool thing, obviously, for me, Irish drafts in particular. But, like, um, you know, the breed really links a lot of varied people and from all over the world and, and your experiences in that. It, it's a breed that has... Brought a lot to my life, not just horse wise. Well,
2: mm-hmm. I wanted to ask a, a little bit of the history of the Irish draft before we get get, get further into the one that I'm I have in training right now. But what 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 is it
0: about the Irish draft? Oh my God, they're exactly what it says on the tin. They everything <laughs> that they're build, they are. They um, you know, they have great confirmation. They have great temperaments. They're good doers. They are um you know, their quality and substance, they're, they're powerful, um, yet still athletic. Obviously the breed originates from Ireland. Um, the draft was initially, the name comes from drafted into World War I. I, I think the stud book, they started recording breedings in 1917. Uh, the breed was drafted into World War One, uh, which is also why there are so few black and dark colored horses in the breed because, um, uh, they were used for for cavalry horses, I believe. So the breed used to originated in Ireland and um, you know, kind of a, a an average working horse, um, kind of a warm blood type thing. You know, there were obviously thoroughbreds about and and cobby type things. And um it was it was the gentleman's horse that could take the family to church on Sunday and hunt the hounds at the weekend and and plow an acre of land in the week. And the mayors wow. could produce uh, a full year and still work and do jobs while they were carrying colts
1: amazing amazing and up Look until that. about 10 years ago i think at the royal art uh royal dublin show they still had a, a class where the horse had to do all of those things they had to pull a little carriage they had to pull yeah. a log, they had to jump three foot and then they had to do oh confirmation gosh. class
0: right i never got to see that class but i would have loved to have seen it that would be a great class but a totally perfect irish drive class yeah, it was a perfect Irish draft class.
2: So, what would you say the draw to like? Because the woman that has the Irish draft name is Patty that sent him to me for training. His name is Alistar. <laughs> she, her dream was to have an Irish draft from like the young age. It was like her life goal, and to to find one. And she ended up buying him as a weanling and picked him up. He was from Canada and came down and and now is in Oklahoma. But her dream, like. I mean, my dream was like, I'm gonna ride an Andalusian on the beach. And she's like, I want an Irish
0: draft horse, you know. <laughs> so what is
2: it? What is it drawed in, in somebody like that? What do they see? What do they uh, she,
0: she's an inventor, so what do you think it is about the the Irish draft that drew her like that? Um, I, I you know what? First of all, the Irish in general as people are very charming. And they're really fun to be around. And I would say the same for Irish drafts. They are charming horses and they're so fun to be around. They have a sense of humor, but, um, you know, part of their confirmation is that is a is a really proud, not kind of a proud front. Interestingly, I believe genetically they do have some Iberian influence, so they're not too far from your Andalusian, but um, <laughs> they, um, you know, they, they have a huge history as as fantastic fox hunters and and horses to go across country and they you know they have a fifth leg so they can get themselves out of trouble they're really smart horses they can think their way out of um of uh trappy going um but they are I, i think a lot of it is their personality and their their temperament they are kind of like the irish they are just they do get
1: you I the, think they're yeah. like giant ponies. It's like, <laughs> like I, like I always want, if, if you were like picking a pony for your kids, you'd want like a really adorable section a yeah. Welsh, but they're like giant section a Welsh <laughs> cob crosses that yeah. you can ride. Cause they have a pony attitude and especially Sarah's and Tony's line are very, uh, great personalities like that. Whereas Warm bloods to me, uh, like European warm bloods seem like very serious, like German people, you know, <laughs> they always yeah. joke around. So what's Sarah's saying about the Irish people and the Irish horse? Like just like uh, I think that that your personality, you kind of tend towards to have horses with that personality. And that, that's how I think they evolve. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, if you've ever hunted in Ireland, you see like what those people do. My God. I mean, you have to have a pretty a pretty daring smart horse to do those things.
2: Well, this horse that came to me for training, uh he he was purchased like I said as a weanling and then has been allowed to kind of run the farm uh at her place and when she rides she turned lets him run around the arena and so he has uh, the problem is he came to my house and I'm like okay we stand in a stall for like three four hours a day and then I put him in a paddock so they all come up when they're being worked and then they all go back out and he had a paddock with a run well I have a big field with a bunch of geldings in it and he was up in a fairly substantial paddock in the barn and he's like mm, i'm not gonna live in this paddock i would like to run with the rest of the herd and he decided that he was going to take down the fence which he did oh. in several sections wooden oh. fence and he just like but these don't this is not a thing that i respect <laughs> at all and so he oh. just pushed his way through all the fencing broke all the boards and left and i came up i walked out and i was like oh that horse does not belong in that part of the pasture. <laughs> so um, is that, is that typical or is that kind of weird? Cause he's a traditional Irish draft. So he's half, his dad was a half Irish draft and his mom was a thoroughbred.
0: Um, I would say there is definitely a pocket of Irish drafts um, that appreciate their size and realize <laughs> that they um, are really big, strong guys. And if jumping out, feels like too much of an effort or actually if they think that you would be more impressed by them dismantling the fence, (laughs) they will take that option.
2: I was very impressed. (laughs) Very impressed. Now the other thing that I have is Alistar is very, very kind, very sweet, very, all the things that you're saying. And he is very much a large pony, Wendy, because now we, within, I've never been able to sit on a horse so quickly that came to me. I mean, on day one, we were, I put the saddle on him and, and he'd never had a girth on or anything like that. And every single thing that I have done, he's like, Oh, Okay. Like, that has not cared. I mean, so many of the horses you put that first girth on and they're like, oh my God. And he's like, oh, okay. And then I have a giant teddy bear that's like the size of two humans and I throw it up on him and I tie the teddy bear to the surcingle and they ride oh around with it. God. And he was like, okay. So there's Aww. a giant bear on my back. I don't care. I love <laughs> and, that you have
1: a teddy bear for your, like, your <laughs> training equipment.
2: Yeah, we call him. His name is Buck, Buck the Bear. And oh my he gosh. is the first rider on all of the horses because I'm oh old God. and I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> so so Buck gets on him and no problem. He's like, oh, yeah, there's a bear on me. Then put the first human on him. He's like, okay, totally cool. Bridle, put the bridle in. Okay, this is the thing now. And now he's like... Hey, you can get on me. I can put him in the cross ties. He's been here like 10 days. I put him in the cross ties. I fully tack him up and walk him out and get on. Here's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I would like to not move. I'm fine with you sitting on me, but um, I don't really want to go forward. So now we're moving forward and now we're moving forward at the trot in the round pin with somebody on the ground. But then we put him in the big arena yesterday and my rider asked him to go and he's like pins his ears and like kicked at his belly. He's like, no, I'm
1: not moving.
2: I mean, I always win, but like how can I make that win
0: more his decision than mine? Well, wow, Jamie, that's a great question. And I actually, everything you've described could, I, I, like many an Irish draft owner is going to be nodding their head and saying, my horse is exactly the same way. <laughs> like as far as the backing that is, is really common They're They're just, they have that temperament. They just accept things. They're, they're, they're trusting, they're confident. They take that for, yeah, this, this is probably going to be fine. Cause like, I know you and trust you. Um, but I just, um, how old is he? Is he just three? He is, <laughs> he is
2: going to be three in March, uh, May, but and I don't usually like to sit on horses, but my vet called me. She's, she also she's also the vet of Alistar. And she's like, you need to start this horse. I can't like, <laughs> he needs some training. So he's only going to be here for like a month and then we'll restart him again in the fall when he's a yeah. little bit older. But yeah. he just needed some boundaries because, like I said, she let him. Run everywhere and do all the things. And I mean, he had not even stood in a stall. So that was also a challenge because he oh thought gosh. he could push the stall like he did the gate <laughs> and it didn't work. Oh. <laughs> so it was very much a challenge just to get him to accept any sort of confinement. He is in the big pasture with all the horses. Now I'm like, <laughs> no, I can't, you just what is too expensive out. right now, but oh in the gosh, stall. Yeah, totally, but the stall he's now really good at, but again, it's yeah. just that like, I, I, you can do anything to me, but I really don't want to, I don't want to,
0: I, I don't get my heart rate up. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I do think actually it's sort of a draft thing as well. They like to be out. I mean, once you have as many buttons as you feel like you need in the arena, he's going to want to be out with friends, just like, like any other normal horse. But, you know, a Warm blood or a Thoroughbred, they're a little bit – Irish drafts have an independent streak. And um, my inclination, breed specific, would be he just wants to, he wants to go out. He's like, hey, I got it. I'm, you're on my back. I understand all the things you're saying. Haven't you seen how good I am? I've, <laughs> I've done this.
1: OK, that is yeah, fantastic I do think that actually. for the Irish drafts, like you just like the babies, if you hack them out with other horses, whereas normally you wouldn't risk that on like a kind of a hotter horse. Yeah, uh, you're going to be safe on his back. They're not going to just take off bucking. I mean, they might, but, you know, but I, actually I think the Irish drafts tend to like to be out and about hacking out. And, is, and yeah. they don't want to do ring stuff because it's stupid and boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'll get there. Uh, yeah. They will
0: get there and, and they'll enjoy that. Um, But yeah, like I, I don't have an arena at my farm right now and I have a five-year-old that I've just sent off because he needs to be getting out and I, I don't have, my hacking is really boring and I don't have anyone to go with. Um, So while I'm starting a four-year-old he was. I did the same as you did. I started him at three and then I turned him away. I'm starting him again. And he can do some work in the arena, then he'll have to go out. But I, I just, my five-year-old, he needed to be out right now. So he's yeah. off just hacking and going to the gallops and the grocery store and all that kind of stuff. I
2: want to live in England.
0: That's so cool.
2: Uh, but yeah, that's a great advice, actually. That is incredibly helpful because of what I did notice and I told my writer yesterday, I was like, you know, if anything, the worst thing he's going to do is stop. You know, he's not going to yeah. take up, but he's he doesn't have the energy to go and be naughty. Like he just he just stops. But I do have a great hacking trail. And I think that that's what he's going to have to do today. Fantastic advice. <laughs> You're right. He just needs to get out. And I do ride him with my his best friend is uh my 28 year old, 29 year old Draft cross gelding, and they they go together all the time, and and the duke always leads all the babies on trails and everything. So that's fantastic. That's what we're doing today. You saved my life. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what is coming? I'm looking at your stallions right now, and I would. Do you still have Silver Wind Twister? Oh my gosh! Ah. Of
0: course we have Charlie. Oh, he's so gorgeous and adorable.
2: He's so sweet. Oh my God, he is so stunning. Tell us about him. To me, he's part. like the
1: epitome of Thank the like you. Irish draft. You know, when you think of he that.
0: is. So um, so Charlie has been standing with Tony and I since oh my gosh, I don't even. I want to say since maybe twenty, if since 2015, I think. So um, Charlie is owned by uh, a woman up in Yorkshire named Sue Tennant, and Sue has his full brother, who was I want to say in 20. 17 or 18 he was um at the horse of the year show he was heavyweight cob champion and he went on to become supreme cob champion um Ooh, so you know he's like the cob type and, and Charlie's very much a hunter type um you know he's like 162 and he just moves like a dream and he's sweet as sweet can be and um he's just an absolutely lovely horse and he's really producing fantastic stock he's got just enough quality um, that he's not produ- you know, he doesn't produce coarse or heavy. He produces really athletic stock that's still, you know, he's got nine and a half inches of bone. He's got um he's a big guy, but it's not all heavy, clunky like old school. Not old school draft, I don't I don't like that term, but he's not what you think of when you think of necessarily a draft horse per se, but he is really traditional.
2: He's like he's like a really sporty truck, like and he looks comfortable and he's he's not a sports car because
1: he's a truck, you know, but he's a sports truck. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Especially though Americans, what we think of as draft are were were bred to pull heavy weights. Right. And these Irish drafts were were always riding horses you know yeah, first and foremost. Well, it's really interesting
0: just um real quick and i mean to be on too much too strong of an irish draft tangent but you know the u.s doesn't have showing classes the way they're you know here there are weight classes when i say weight i mean there's hunter classes that are divided into how much weight the horse would carry and it you know kind of goes in like uh welsh's um by size, but there are weight classes in hunters, and then there are cobs, and there are riding horses, and, and they're all a slightly different type. So, there's a lot of opportunities for Irish drafts to show as horses under saddle in and amongst horses of their same type. Um, in the US, people use drafts for eventing, show jumping primarily. Um, they cross them for sport horses, but it's created this sort of weird dichotomy where in the US, they mostly do. Sports like they're sport horses and Mm -hmm. and they they're not show horses. But in England, they're show horses and they're not so, so often used as eventers and show jumpers and all that just because of what's there. So you stick with what you have. But there isn't so much crossover. I think it's getting better now. People are looking to drafts. There's a dressage championship, British dressage runs, an Irish draft dressage championship, um, which is really well supported and has great drafts showing in it. And the drafts are getting, you know, they're stepping out into other disciplines. But um, there's a real difference in how they're used in the U.S. to England and Ireland, et cetera.
2: How are the numbers of Irish drafts? Is it a breed that we really have to worry about or are
0: they thriving? That's a really good question because the numbers are also informed by the genetic diversity. So um, we might have, in theory, enough horses, but there is some argument as to whether there is enough genetic diversity in the gene pool um, long term. So we look really hard at pedigrees and outcrosses and how much inbreeding there is. It's not as desperate as, say, the, the suffix or the Cleveland base, but it is something that has to be paid attention to. So it's great to have these populations in in the U.S. and in Canada and in England and Ireland to sort of develop these bloodlines that can then be crossed back and forth to diversify the gene pool.
2: So where can people go to see your horses, see your stallions, to meet Charlie and and all that? What what is the website
0: where everybody? Well, can our in? website is belltowerstud.com. Um, if you're obviously you guys are in the u s there's the Irish Draft Tour Society of North America. um then you know there's obviously different places in in Ireland and England. you know, there's a breed society in England and a couple of breed societies in Ireland that you can get you know all kinds of information okay, fantastic
1: and And Sarah, uh, also, don't
0: you have a podcast about Irish drafts yes wendy i I have a podcast about Irish drafts, but I'm really slow getting it off the ground because i well obviously I had a little struggle getting onto the call, but I'm just coordinating (laughs) my tech and it's, it's recording is the easy part. The editing is the tedious bit.
1: So it's coming out soon. So we'll have to be looking for it.
0: Yeah, actually I had a really great, my husband, Tony, and I had a really fabulous conversation, um, with, uh, Glenn, Kitty Cotter. No, Kitty Cotter. Oh, Kitty Cotter? Oh, yeah. So Ki- wow. yeah, we interviewed Kitty and she told us some great stories and she just had so, um, there's so many people in the Irish Draft breed that have been in it for decades and it's kind of like an oral history thing. They've they've experienced things and lived things and know things that aren't written down. You can't Google them. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the the stories that Kitty shared were absolutely fantastic and I'm glad that we took some time to get them down because they're important.
1: That's I also cool. like when they talk about like the uh, the grandparents of of your horses, and they tell the stories of their personalities, and you can see that in your horse. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, Marilyn Power of Summestud
0: did a fabulous podcast where she um uh with uh, it's an Irish one somewhere, but um mm-hmm. she was just talking about the temperaments and how they come through and how they come uh-huh. down the pedigrees. It was awesome. That's great.
2: That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, giving me a plan to go forward with Alistair and and uh, and for sharing the knowledge. Where can people? Because I know that people are tuning in to today's episode to hear about the Irish Draft. Let's talk about your
0: podcast. Where can people find that when it comes out? And we will let. Them um, really know. I probably the best place to um the best place to find that for the moment would probably be on the Facebook page. Um, there is one episode up there from Hoy's, um, but yeah, I would say probably the Facebook page is going to be the and easiest initially.
2: Bell Tower Stud on Facebook. Yes.
0: Fantastic.
2: Oh my gosh, it's been so fun. It was nice going through memory lane with you guys. And Wendy, I did you know that you started this addiction with her?
1: <laughs> well, I actually, for some reason, I thought you had Irish drafts when you were growing up. No, and, I had more coatings when I was growing up. Oh, maybe that's what got me confused, but I, but I remember, I mean, I know that I'm, I'm part of her introducing her to the Irish draft, uh, crowd and her crazy <laughs> husband, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're sucks. perfect together. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on with us. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for having
0: me ladies. Have a great afternoon.
2: Please give silver Wind twister a smooch from me.
0: Oh, I will. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good.
2: Well, it's, it, this is what we do, Wendy, on Mondays. As we go in and I ask our auditors what some of their first world equestrian problems are. And every week, sad tales of woe come from (laughs) the listeners and so if you want to be involved in the equestrian first world problems and you have to be like you know get it off your chest then you need to become an auditor go to horseradionetwork.com and i don't know do whatever glenn always tells you to do um so right now i'm going to run through these and uh there are so many so many i won't be able to get to all of them but we're going to start with carrie she's first up and you may on un- you may feel this a little bit. I kind of do. And she says, I was high score FEI at a dressage show this weekend. But I'm too afraid to post it on my Facebook page because it will ruin my street cred as an inventor. <laughs> <laughs> oh girl, we feel you. Uh yeah. the next one comes from Jessica. Just sad. I set my sunglasses on my tack trunk while I was pulling on my boots at the barn. And I forgot about it. And now I can't find my sunglasses because they're sucked into the abyss. That is my tack trunk right now. Oh, Oh my God. God. That is a serious problem. You'll never see them again. And if you do see me again, they'll be covered in dirt and probably broken.
1: And scratched.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely scratched. That's the (laughs) least of your problems. Uh, Carrie says, I have to wait all the way up until Wednesday to go for a full moon ride on my awesome horse. Did you ever do full moon rides? Oh yeah, I love full moon rides. Oh my gosh, I did that when I was a kid. Uh, now I don't think I can stay up past dark. So,
1: <laughs> good luck. I did one the other day. I really? Did one the other day here in Florida. We Well, when I uh did Santa, you know, I drove Santa around the neighborhood. Yeah. It happened to be uh it was almost full moon. Oh, that's so cool. it's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Uh
2: Heather says I can't stop buying saddle pads. Seriously, I'm running out of places to store them.
1: Oh my it's, God. You know what? I've seen that addiction before. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In
1: fact, our our guest coming up on the show has that addiction.
2: Oh really? Oh good. Yes. Well, <laughs> can't wait to hear. That's my kind of person. Um, <laughs> you know, I bought this gray Philly. Um Wendy, I don't know if you've seen her her name is Roulette Juliet, and she's the first Philly I've owned. I don't know, in forever, aside from having a baby, you know, Philly, but the first Philly I've ever bought and she's gray Mm -hmm. and she looks so pretty and like everything. So I went on and I was like, do I go with pink or like turquoise? Because I think she would look good in either. And so I bought a pink saddle pad and pink bell boots and little pink, like fleecy dressage boots. And then I was like, I like her in pink. But I think I like her in turquoise, too. So then I went and bought a turquoise saddle pad (laughs) and turquoise boots. Now, some of them have come. I'm still waiting for the other fashion show. But I went and got a pedicure yesterday because I had a really incredibly hard day. um, You deserve it. Yeah, I was like, I'm getting a pedicure. And Julie's halter, I bought it in the mail. And I thought it was going to be pink, but it came out like fluorescent pink. So I got my toes painted fluorescent pink. So now I match... My great filly.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's adorable.
2: I'm going to have to get a picture later. I'll post a picture later in the uh, Horses in the Morning Facebook page of my feet and the halter, maybe the horse. I don't
1: know. That's the way to go.
2: Uh, Lily says I forgot that I was with non horsey friends and I told everybody about why the Budweiser Gimpy Clydesdale Super Bowl ad was stupid. Did they care about the lameness inaccuracies? No. Did I confirm <laughs> once again that I'm the weird horse girl of the group? absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even see that one thank god i would have been like I'm i gonna been be glad. watch all terrible t-. i would do the exact same thing i'm like why is there a Clydesdale jumping over a barbed wire fence why did the butterer Clydesdale a barbed wire they, that yeah. was the commercial jumping over a barbed wire fence okay so the horse jumps oh over god. a barbed wire fence and because it's not a jumper, it hits the post and breaks the post and falls down. And the next thing is a vet like working on this horse and like doesn't look good, you know, and there's a dog. And then all of a sudden the horse gets up and is galloping across the pasture again.
1: And I was I thinking, to say something yeah. besides the, this is just someone that wrote that commercial has no idea about horses because there is no way that Budweiser Clydesdales would be in barbed wire. I know, right? I mean, come on. That's so unbelievable from the very beginning. Yeah,
2: there are a few people that did
1: like it. But
2: again, not, I don't think many. Uh, but yeah, and of course, as they're waiting around for the horse to either live or die, they're drinking beer with their vet, you know? <laughs> oh of yeah.
1: Well, that, that could do be. you do that? Do you drink on the job a lot? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Diane said it would You be mean sp- in the commercial, the vet is drinking beer? Yes!
2: There's no way down with the owner drinking beer. Like it was
1: like one of those like, well, let's just see what
2: happens. I've done all Before I can. supposed to
1: stitch up a Clydesdale that just went through a barbed wire fence. That is just complete crap. Now, to be fair, it's, I think they'd already stitched it up,
2: <laughs> but there is no gory graphic oh details or God. anything. All right, the next one comes from Diane, <laughs> and she said it would be so nice to get the brakes fixed on my truck so I can get out to the barn to see my ponies. Aww. That's all you—that's the only reason to get your brakes fixed, is to get yeah. to the barn. Um, <laughs> Tiana said it was super nice Saturday and the 60s here in Massachusetts. It's a heat wave, but my clinic is this Saturday, and it's only going to be 41. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> and we got six inches of snow today.
1: Those oh, are my all- God.
2: Real problems. That's yeah. a huge, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, Colleen says, I need to send an email to my vet, but I'm struggling to write it in a way that doesn't make me sound crazy because it turns out I am crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just limit the exclamation points. It's mm. the people that put too many exclamation points that look crazy. Would you agree? <laughs> yes. Uh, Ariel said I had an amazing lesson this morning with my dressage instructor, but my homework is building up my thigh muscles and the different riding positions. So I don't look like a complete amateur for the Boyd Martin clinic I'm attending <laughs> in May. <laughs> I have seen, haven't you seen that video of Boyd? He's like helping somebody jump a ditch and the horse trots up to the ditch and ducks out to the right and like takes out Boyd. Have you seen that? <laughs> no,
1: I haven't seen that.
2: Oh, my God. You, Nobody will ever be as bad as that guy, so you'll be okay, Ariel. Uh, <laughs> Laura says, the weather is fantastic, but all the trails are muddy, so I have to Aww. ride in my indoor arena. Oh, that's
1: so sad.
2: Oh. How is she surviving? Katie says, I'm paying for my daughter to board her horse at a barn with an indoor arena this winter. But that means I can't afford to board my own horse. Oh, my God. (laughs) They got to give like a a two-for-one special or something. I
1: know. Well, maybe Katie's horse doesn't need the indoor arena. Exactly. Maybe Katie's horse is retired in the winter.
2: Maybe Katie needs the indoor more than her daughter. So... Think about that, Katie.
1: Uh, Gwen (laughs) says, I got a brand
2: new trailer, my first one for my first horse. And I'm so excited to go on adventures. And I spent one day practicing trailer loading. I loaded her onto it first try and I was so excited. And then she pooped and I didn't have any bedding down. And now there's wet, (sighs) fresh poop on my brand new floor. Oh, my God. Take it back. Return it. There's something wrong with it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer says, I got another horse so I can have a pony to ride since my gelding is retired and my other mare is due to full next month. But my saddle doesn't fit her. So I get to, I mean, I have to buy another saddle, which is, of course, on back order. So I'm about to have four horses I can't ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awful. I know, right? Um Margaret says I finally got the money to build a barn and put up fencing at home. But after being at the new boarding barn for the past six months with an indoor arena and all the wonderful people, I don't wanna leave. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so true. Summer uh says my brand new turnout sheet leaked. Everywhere, And the company oh was God. super nice and they replaced it, but they were out of the teal. And so I had to settle for blue and it's just not as pretty. Oh, you can <laughs> feel
1: that pain. <laughs> I do.
2: I do. Hot pink versus soft pink. Big mm-hmm. difference. Different Big blues. Difference. Um, Samantha says there's a new saddle in my car, but I have to go to work before I can go test it out. Oh.
1: <sighs> You know what? That actually does really stink because you want to go straight to the barn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to get on that saddle. Um, Let's see.
2: Juniper says, my horse's new stall is so much bigger than his previous one, and it's so deeply bedded, and it takes forever to clean it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have this, this folding stall in my barn, too, and I'm always like, uh... I don't want to put anybody in that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too much work.
1: No. And you know uh, what? It's always the one in the biggest stall is the one that poops and then walks around in a circle and like spreads it all over the place. Oh, yeah. Mulch it. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, let's finish with Kara. This is so sad because she said there's a good three feet of snow on the ground. But it's- last night we got a massive amount of rain and it melted all the snow. And then I woke up and it was a dream and we still have three (laughs) feet. Oh Oh, my god. I've had those dreams too where you're like you wake up and you're like, oh my God, this is great.
1: Oh man, that wasn't real. (laughs)
2: It's still winter. Sorry. (sighs) I will tell you that the weather today in Oklahoma, it's insane. It, it, it February has been the worst. This time last year in February, we had that like Arctic craziness that happened, and it was like negative seven. And today, are you kidding? No, negative it was seven? insane. It was insane. Like there was like four days where the, like <sighs> a South Texas all the way up through Oklahoma got this like crazy storm, and like I mean, it was insane. Today the high is seventy two. Oh, like okay. what? But don't worry, tomorrow, it, it could snow on Wednesday. So that's fun. 72 today, mm. snow on Wednesday. That is February for you pretty much anywhere. Well, as always, it's been fun, Wendy, sitting here chatting with you. Like like we've talked about before, we kind of forget we're supposed to do a show and we end up just <laughs> sitting here talking and to have your have Charlotte on. And then your Sarah, your friend, I guess, a bunch of girls just sitting around <laughs> chatting. So apparently we have to like wrap it up at some Um, point and uh do you do you ever say anything like your catchphrase or anything at the end i say keep the shiny side up there you go keep the shiny side up and spay neuter and guilt bye show Wendy I got to tell you I sold a a horse and everybody's been harassing me all the auditors what what why why did you do that so um I just want to explain a little bit I don't know if you've ever seen my horse Drax he is a thoroughbred Mm. I adopted him from horse and hound three years ago and
1: I don't remember this little guy
2: it's 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 just a big bay thoroughbred and I rode him for a while. He was going to be my like backup makeover horse. I ended up taking the other horse uh, to the makeover, and so Abby has ridden him, and then Barrett Farm Boy has been riding him, and so everybody's put a lot of miles on this horse. And I had a friend who contacted me. He is a a cowboy I met when I was up in Wyoming, and he actually now runs a a, a ranch. And I didn't want to talk about it in the regular show because I wasn't sure like how much I could say, but I'm just going to say here because it's a push up. So there's a place in Colorado that my friend TJ runs and it is, okay, wrap your head around this. It's a 3000 acre ranch. Oh my it is God. owned by 25 multimillionaires. Okay. Really, That sounds fun already. Every one of these millionaires has a hundred acres and a house, but most of their hundred acres runs cattle and all the mm-hmm. things. So they make it a working ranch yeah. and all these 25 people pay in every month to have a, they have like all sorts of activities, but one is horseback riding. And so my friend TJ runs the whole ranch, but also does all the horseback riding and i want to live there yeah do you know you can't even get in there like i was like can I? we come visit he was like no <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay you there's guest houses but only for the owner's guests i mean this place right. is like i i it, nobody's ever heard of it you know it's not a thing like it's a yeah. very they live in the middle of nowhere him and his family and they're awesome people and like i said i knew him in wyoming
1: oh and, and these millionaires flying in on their private planes
2: there's a runway there's oh, an airstrip. Yeah. yeah on the, yeah, actually he said, yeah, there's just a pasture. Everybody lands in. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, so he contacted me. He's like, I am trying to buy a trail horse and I can't deal with the scammers. He's like, everybody is trying to scam you. And he goes, I know you and I trust you. And I know you have integrity and I know you have a good, uh, you know, a, a good report. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Anyway, so he's like I want to get a horse from you. And I was like, oh, great. He's like I'm going to come visit you. And this was a couple months ago. So he came to visit me and we're in the barn and he's like what about that horse? And I was like that's Duke. He's 28. And he was like never mind. <laughs> and then he looked at Drax and he was like what about that horse? And I'm like no, you can't have that horse because that's my best horse. <laughs> I was like oh. I go, anybody can ride that horse. I need him. Like he helps me start babies. Like he's, he goes, that's the one I want. And I was like, no, no, no. But it's my, that's my like good one. You know, right, like that's right. the trained one. You can't have <laughs> right. that one. And he's like, I want that one. And so we went back and forth and, uh, he, he paid me what I asked, And so he bought him. And so he came that's and right. got it yesterday. And so now Drax, for those who of you who are very concerned that I sold a horse, this is an amazing horseman. Like I i have known him for 15, 20 years. Like he's amazing. And he now is going to live in a 3000 acre ranch where basically the, the, the owners of the property will call down like, Hey, I would like to go on a ride today. And they'll tack up, you know, two horses and Drax is going to be one of those horses because I've extensively trail ridden him yeah. everywhere. So Drax is going to go live in the Taj Mahal.
1: And That's have so as awesome. every whim. I bet Keep they have sure. chandeliers in their barn. I bet they
2: do. I I don't know because you, there's you can't look this place up online. Like it's not a it's not a thing. It's very private. So Drax is gonna go be a private like horse for this
3: oh ranch what a i lucky
2: mean lucky horse i know i couldn't say like I, and 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 since he's been talking to me i've called him and i'm like have you decided against this because like if you really you can back out because i really use drax a lot he's very important to me but i just he's not a jumper he's not gonna go do those things he's a trail horse he loves the trail he's great out there he's calm beginners can ride him he's you know he's a six-year-old thoroughbred and he's like Got a hundred million miles on him. Three years, me, you better be pretty. He's young. only six. Uh, six or seven. I think it'll be wow. seven in the spring. This yeah, this
1: is the luckiest horse. This horse, this horse just won like the yeah. HGTV like Fantasy <laughs> House. He did. He won the lottery, and I'm just, I,
2: you know, it's ha- so hard for me to part with something that I uh, love that much. But knowing with there, sometimes it's all about them going to the right place for the right job. You know, like I don't need for the rest of his life. He doesn't need to pony baby horses. Like he can go actually have a career. And I did tell him, I said, listen, TJ, when you're done with him, I want to retire. Like I want him back. Like, don't, you know, and he was like, no, no,
1: he'll die here. Are you okay. kidding? Do you think Drax is one, one of to? I mean, I'm sure your place is nice, but, but why would he leave that place to retire at your house because when he's already living at the Taj Mahal? Right, exactly. But I don't know what and they do. And he probably do. has his own
2: groom. I don't know what they do with horses when they're done with them. And my point is, like, if you don't want oh. him anymore and you you need to do something with him, I will take him back. And he was like, true. no, they die here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> However. If for some reason you don't want him anymore, I want him back. And he was like, no, he will live here for the rest (laughs) of his life. I was like, well, victory. Like, okay, great. So it ended up working out great. And that's why I sold Drax and everybody was very uh, supportive, but also confused. Um, So anyway, that's how it worked out. And um, he actually already told me, he's like, I want a horse next year too. Cause I got a couple old ones that are retiring, and they do—they oh retire on the field. So I'm like, next lucky horse, <laughs> here you go.
1: That's so awesome. Yeah,
2: I can I'm imagine pretty. imagine that? So I just wanted to get that out. That is enough post show, Wendy. Thank you for co-hosting with me. I appreciate thank you, it. And I love these episodes. Cool. Thanks.